Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Podcast. I'm Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Aloha. How are we boys? Looks cold outside. It is. It was minus two when I woke up this morning. Minus Terrible. Two. Minus two is good. You had a nice breakfast. A nice hot uh, breakfast you had, didn't you? I did, yes. Very fancy. Uh, what was it? Delicious. Spring onions, uh, mushrooms and some ham and eggs on toast. Good, good to get ready for the, the day. Sounds too healthy for me. <laughs> yeah. All right, news. I think there's been plenty to talk about for the past couple of weeks. Tons. So, everybody want to kick off? Give me something exciting. Go on, Go Matt. On. Excite the man. <laughs> Shall I excite you? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know if uh, if you guys have, uh, have heard of this charity before. The uh, game is done quick. Charity? Yes. The uh, the speedrunning charity where they have uh, well many people pretty much speedrun through various amounts of different games, uh, all for the sake of uh, of a good charity. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, they hosted one again uh, this year in January. Um, I think they called it. I think the one in January is called Awesome Games Done Quick, something like. That. Uh, and it was reported they'd managed to raise over two million pounds. For the Prevents Cancer Foundation, wow, uh, which amazing. is always which is always um, good. And I mean, usually like the the events are like hosted in um, little places where like the, the, um, you know they'll bring the gamers all kind of together in one place, and there's like an audience behind them they can watch them live and stuff. You know, it's all streamed on on Twitch and uh, and then on YouTube as well, I think. Uh, I did want to highlight because I, wa- I watched one after work that caught my. Uh, it was a guy called Argric, um, and he was speedrunning Sonic Mania. And you you think like um, when people are doing the speedrunning, you know, they have to commentate what they're doing as well, and you know, tell them like what what they're doing, what's happening in the game, and you know, sometimes go back to the host who like uh, reads off some some like it's like quick chats or something or like sponsored chats that people paid in so I can read the chat and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this guy was actually quite entertaining by it. He was um it was really funny. He's Scottish, I think. He's Scottish. Um but he's really funny about how he's commenting about everything's going on and, and like what's what he's doing, what's happening, what he expects is gonna happen. It's really funny. I'd like I'd definitely recommend if there's any any that you would watch out of what happened this year is it's definitely his. It's a good event for a good cause. So uh, it's always fun watching the uh, the games do quick every year. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Really? I mean, wow. we, we all know times are difficult at the minute. So um, for everybody that has donated, well done um, mm-hmm. to a great cause. So, yeah, it just shows that everyone's still being kind. So it's good <laughs> to know. Oh, it's wicked. Uh, right. Shall we discuss Xbox? Because they've had, uh, let's just say they've had an interesting few days. Just a little bit. So on Friday, uh, Microsoft announced they were going to significantly increase the price of Xbox Live Gold. So one month was going to go up to $11, three, uh, three months was going to go up to $30, and six months was going to be $60. Mm. Uh, put that in perspective, $60 is, is currently what's been charged for 12 months. So Yeah, so that's mm. about 40 quid-ish. Um, yeah, yeah. Some I mean, there's some like Xbox... UK also want to tweet them out, and they confirmed uh, here at least for the UK they would have gone. Uh, one month would have gone up from six nine nine to seven ninety nine, uh, 
uh, three months would have been 1799 to 2199 uh, and for six months it had gone from 2999 to 4299 so quite quite a hefty uh, hefty increase I can remember a few years ago when um we used to be able to get a year of Xbox Live Gold from eBay for about £17. Oh, those days are gone. So the, the reason then they put out, they said, periodically we assess the value and pricing of our services to reflect changes in regional marketplaces and to continue to invest in the community. Uh, I think, unsurprisingly, there was backlash to this, wasn't there? Quite hefty. Uh, just, changes? Just, what, people having less money, so you're going to... But get try and get more. Charge almost double. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think had we not been in our current situation in the world at the moment, this probably would have got less backlash. Probably. I don't think so. Not the, not the twelve. Not the twelve months one. People don't want to pay more for the same service. Well, I mean, they they'd gone rid of the twelve months one, didn't they? Or they well, initially were thinking about it. it. A lot of people seem to think it might have been a regressive tactic to try and convince like the gold user base to upgrade to Game Pass. Ultimately. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's like closing that gap in price, isn't it? So you think for an extra couple of quid a month, it's worth it to get all these extra games and perks. So yeah, I think I think eventually they'll get everybody on Game Pass and literally strap gold every single option for gold. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, well, tight, don't know. but not today because. No. Less than 18 hours after that decision, it got reversed. Mm, it did. <laughs> so they came out with the following statement. It said, uh, we messed up today and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming and we failed to meet the expectations of players who can count on it every day. As a result, we have decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. We're turning this moment into an opportunity to bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the centre of their experience. For free-to-play games, you will no longer need an Xbox Live Gold membership to play those on Xbox. Mm. We are working hard to deliver this change as soon as possible in the coming months. Um, thoughts? Do you think it was just a big publicity stunt, maybe? Part of me was thinking this, that maybe this was just... I've, I've seen it's that. There's no way yeah. you could double the price of something and then not expect a backlash over that. Yeah. And then now they've reversed it back, everyone's really thankful, but it's yeah. the initial price. It's, it's, it's like, I was, re- I was looking at some tweets from people after this, and it was like, everyone was like, oh, well done, Microsoft. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not congratulating it all. Thank you, Microsoft, for making such a dumb decision to begin with. It's like, what? Yeah. No. It's, it's a strange one. Um, I don't want to get all like conspiracy theorist on it, but it does seem like that seems like it, it was a bit of a play to get people to kind of, hey, do you know this this thing we're doing with the Game Pass, the ultimate thing, you know, yeah. you might want to look at that instead. Like, just, just, you know, just have a look at this. Just, just this one, this one. Look at this. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very odd one, isn't it? Uh, I mean, uh, I think like you, I was looking at some tweets as well. I actually saw someone who were like. Yeah, I'm not going to pay for Xbox Live Gold anymore now because this. <laughs> like, I've got, I'm not surprised. I've got some tweets here. Right, I'm not going to say names. So I said this is why Xbox is always going to be number one. They listen to their play base. How refreshing! What? Bet you weren't saying no. that 48 hours ago, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one chimed in response to that says that's exactly what I said to my friend just now. Sony would have never reversed this, and I play on PC. Microsoft is always listening. I was like, what? 
Well, you, you lost your mind. And then, thankfully, a voice of reason came in and said, are people praising them for cancelling a cash grab that other companies didn't even attempt in the first place? Was that you, Mark? Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the voice of reason. It's me. Oh, thank, thank you. <laughs> but I just thought that was absolutely stupid. Um, I mean, well, the only positive that I can see that's come out of this is that they've they're finally going to make free to play games free without needing gold. Yeah, that should have been a thing immediately. Is is baffling that like Sony and Nintendo uh, allowed people to do that for free on their platforms? But, yeah. Because I saw in the tweet mentioning that, so it said like Fortnite free Nintendo, Fortnite free PS4, yeah. Fortnite Xbox, hundred twenty dollars. Yeah, hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, is it going to be like Warzone and Apex Legends and all that as well? Yeah, yeah. Anything that was free to play will be okay. will be free. So Warzone, Apex. Um, interestingly, the incoming new Halo Infinity, Infinite. Multiplayer, yeah. which is also going through to play. You'll be able to play that without gold, I'm assuming. That's cool. Um, and, well, I mean, that's the only good thing about it. Like, it's, it's just a weird decision, especially with, like, the language they use. Because I think I think what, pe- what might have slipped from the statement that they said was that people who currently had gold who need to renew would renew at their current price. So they wouldn't have been affected by the the incoming price change. I think it could have just potentially been just for new people, maybe. Mm. But it's still it's still a weird. Well, it's not really going to try and suck people in any new players, is it? For that price, if they were going to do it that way. Well, I mean, I think like I said, I think it might have been just a play just to get people to go on to um, Game Pass Ultimate because that's just gold and Game Pass, and I think having um, putting up the prices for just standard gold would have put it more in line with the prices that are currently for Ultimate. So, mm-hmm. But they got the backlash, they reversed the decision. It's damage that they're just going to have to recover from again. <laughs> After all the goodwill that they've, they've managed to build up this generation. That's uh, it. The, the fridge memes. It's all gone. I know. It's... it's- it's over. We don't. We don't trust. We're not going to trust their the Twitter feed anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, free to play games, good, and that's it. Uh, okay, Riot Games, the budget, are teaming up, but not for a game. They're teaming up to sue uh, Valorant and Destiny Two cheat makers. You heard about this? Because oh, remember ages ago, remember ages ago we had the Activision Blizzard uh, banning Call of Duty players. Yeah. Well, well that's a, yet another cheating software has uh, dropped up. This is from an article from Polygon. It says, a cheating software creator is facing a lawsuit duly from Riot Games of Bungie for producing hacks for Valorant and Destiny 2, among other video games, according to a complaint obtained by Polygon. Lawyers for Riot and Bungie filed a complaint in the Central District of California court on Friday, alleging that Cameron Santos of Gator Cheats as well as others, is trafficking in a portfolio of malicious cheats and hacks. It sounds almost like a scalp, doesn't it? Massive <laughs> scheme going. Yeah. Uh, Bungie and Wright allege that Santos and Gator Cheats staff sell and distribute their cheat software through a website, but also by email. Telegram. Is that a thing? Telegram? <laughs> How do you telegram cheats? Right, it could what? be. Like back in the day when you bought them PC magazines, you had to type oh. the code in. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking it might be some new app thing. 
that's just mm. taking the name Telegram, uh, and Discord. The software provided is specifically designed to go undetected by Wright and Bungie's anti-cheat technology system. Mm. Sadly, they find out about it. Someone typed in Google, Someone, uh, yeah. Bungie <laughs> yeah, cheats for <laughs> yeah. Destiny 2. It's like, right, just that website will yeah, test just it. Uh, access to the cheating software ranges from $90 per month up to $500 to lifetime access. What? what? Did you ever pay that much for a cheat for a game? Why no. Why would you pay $500 for cheats? I mean, I wouldn't uh, even pay any price for a cheat. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll so, pay my price for the magazine with the cheat book that came with it about 20 years ago. But that's <laughs> Lawyers allege that Gator Cheats has made tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars from the cheats. Uh, apparently, Valorant cheats are quite a bit more expensive than Destiny ones. The software has different settings to allow players to tweak to their needs, like an aim bot, which improves a player's aim, as well as cheats that show enemy health and equipment. Uh, Bungie has previously issued a cease and desist notice to Gator Cheats. Uh, the cheat developer reportedly notified players that it was stopped selling the software, but support the cheating system for those who already purchased it. So, yeah. I mean, it comes back to that question again. If you're going to cheat, why even play the game? What enjoyment do you get out of yeah. cheating? It's like back in the day when I used to play um, some of the earlier Pokemon games, I get like an exploder thing so I could get like infinite rare candies. Yeah. That's basically a cheat so I can level up my Pokemon to whatever I want without having to grind for it. And I just didn't feel any satisfaction out of winning battles because I knew I didn't like earn it. You were just like, lying to yourself, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's how I personally felt, but there might be some people without a conscience out there that want to pay $500 for a cheat just, to look, good in, <laughs> just to look good in front of their friends, maybe. Hey, look, that Explorer was, was wonders. I could catch a Mew in Route 1, okay? I don't care. <laughs> no, I, I, have to say, right, I don't know much about Destiny or Valorant, but what, what do you get progression-wise? Do you earn things? I don't know. So what would be the reason for somebody wanting to do this, is what I'm trying to figure out. Well, I mean, I suppose for, for Valorant, it, it'd be similar to something like Counter-Strike. It's, you know, it's first-person kind of, you know, shoot up it's deathmatch. You want to look cool in front of your friends or something like that, or you just want to have cool a good time. You just put your pad down and that's it. Well, yeah. It just doesn't uh, exist. <laughs> someone who like might not be great at the game suddenly get these cheats and then you know it's, it's the like the euphoria of winning and being able to kill everyone and look brilliant ah the euphoria of, the euphoria of spending 90 dollars a month yes yeah. <laughs> um I, I don't know what it would be like for destiny 2 because they've also got like a pvp but to use cheats outside of that for stuff like raids and events i wouldn't see the point but I don't know. I've never cheated. But if let's, for example, let's say you earn new weapons. Mm. It, I don't know if that's a thing in those games. But it's like it's still no pointless because you're using the A bot to then use for those weapons anyway. If you're going to continue, just keep cheating. That weapon doesn't mean anything, does it? Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, it's, <laughs> I, I don't get it. It's just weird. But it's the what? same for like Warzone, isn't it? Like there's infinite amount of clips out there of like someone's got I don't know a sniper rifle and he's shot someone about 200 meters away even though he didn't see him on his screen but the aimbot did you know and he's yeah. cra- like he's taking his armor down and something. it's like what? ridiculous any other news? so this might not be news as such but I thought it was quite funny so as you know I like my memes and there was this 
and there were this meme, and it said, "Name something a true gamer would ne- never say." So I've I've t- taken a few of my favourites, and uh, I just thought I'd tell you what they are. And if you've got any of your own to put in, feel free. Um, so the top one is, yeah, I'll use the broken controller. <laughs> that's, that's true. The next one's, wow, this game has no bugs. Um, I lost because my opponent is simply better than me. That's um, it wasn't the lag, I'm just bad. Um, this one was pretty good. My girlfriend and I. <laughs> um, I can... I can... <laughs> I can play through the lag. Yeah, right. no, I've never said that. Xbox is better. And then inevitably, Ooh, PlayStation is better. That's very shady, isn't it? All right. And then, and then lastly, console Switch is better is than PC. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. We all know console. That's true. Come on. I just call that masturbation. That's yeah. it. With your flowing long hairs. <laughs> well, I mean... You know. <laughs> so um there was another um another piece of um news so it was revealed what the most wanted um game remake was using google searches so it's basically ranked the top 10 using google searches from 2020 and number 10 with 2.8 million searches left for dead what's well, technically what, coming what, back what are they actually searching for that this is like, what, is there a remake of Left 4 Dead? Yeah, they're just, like, searching for, like, news and whatnot. Okay. 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 I just want a sequel. I love right. No, number nine, with 2.8 million, well, 2 point, well, 2 million, 892,000, Grand Theft Auto 3. A remake of GTA 3? Yeah. Not going to happen. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll move on. No, number eight. <laughs> Um, with 3.2 million, it's Left 4 Dead 2. <laughs> People really want Left 4 Dead, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, not enough. It's not number one, is it? Um, Super Mario World with 3.8 million. Um, number six is GTA 4 with 4.2 million. What? Number five is Tekken 3 with 4.6 million. Number four is Half Life with 4.9 million. First one. Yep. They did doubt it was uh, Black Mesa. That's technically the remake. Um, and number three, uh, with Grand Theft Auto Vice City with 10.5 million. Big jump here. Do, do people just not have like, a good imagine, imagination or something? I don't know why people want all these hey, old I'd take, GTAs. Hey, I'd, take advice, I'd take advice. Right, this is one that I think um, we could all probably enjoy. Number two, Bully with 19.1 million. That'd be a pretty good remake. See one that one that actually makes sense. And the last one, you'll kick yourself for this one. Number one with twenty three point five million searches, Grand Theft Auto Five. No, I'm joking. Grand Theft Auto <laughs> San Andreas. Why do people want no. GTA remade? Just we just want a new GTA. I'm not bothered about but San Andreas is pretty much GTA Five, isn't it? So I'm gonna say. Well, saying that, it had three cities in it, didn't it? Yeah, that's true. San Andreas had its own... It had its own charm to it. I really enjoyed it. It's my favourite GTA. I think it's because I've got that nostalgia for it, but that's just me. I'm I'm very disappointed no one said they wanted GTA London. (laughs) Come on. I'd I'd, I'd love a GTA London. I want want a GTA outside of America. Well, they had... um, 
they had Chinatown Wars um, for the PSP. That was kind of in the same top-down style. No, no, I don't want it in top-down oh, style. I want it remade. Oh, oh, you want a proper full it 3D like world? A proper remake. A proper remake. I, mean, I guess you can just play, go play Watch Dogs there, can't you? Yeah, that's no, true. Watch Dogs Legion. Right. Capcom. Capcom. There was further information on their leaks. Because mm, yes. can't get away from this. So, no. Uh, so this is an article from the Video Games Chronicle. So the Resident Evil publisher first confirmed in November that it had been the victim of a ransomware attack. We saw hundreds of thousands of pieces of personal data stolen from its servers, including the names and addresses of customers and former employees. On Tuesday, the company provided an update on its investigation into the breach, and it confirmed it's now verified that the personal information of 16,406 people has definitely been stolen, up from nine in November. I presume that's 9,000, not nine people. <laughs> nine, nine people, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that includes names, addresses, contact details, and HR information for 3,248 business partners, 3,994 employees, and 9,164 former employees. Okay. Hackers also stole sale reports, financial information, etc. In total, Capcom said it's ascertained that the potential maximum number of customers, business partners, and other external parties whose personal information may have been compromised in the attack is approximately 390,000 people. Increase of 40,000 from the previous report. Hmm. It's not getting any better for them, is it? I mean, if they can lay that at somebody's feet, then there's going to be some serious repercussions for all this information that's been leaked. Hmm. Funny if you could find such an individual. Hmm. Or group. Or group, yeah, yeah. It's normally a group when it comes to these kind of attacks, isn't it? They've been playing too much watchdogs, that's what they've been doing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's it. Capcom done something else this last week, haven't they? Which I think is something you might be interested in, Matthew. Hmm? Me? No, no. Yes. As our resident correspondent on these games. Resident uh, Evil. Resident, yeah, resident correspondent. Resident correspondent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yes, they did, yes. So, I think it was the first day it's just gone. They decided to have their own Resident Evil showcase. So within the showcase, I think most of the time was dedicated to showing uh, Resident Evil Village. Quite a bit got revealed for Village. Um, probably the biggest thing for it was the release date, uh, which is scheduled to be on the 7th of May, 2021. It's probably closer than what I actually thought it was going to be. I think I was thinking maybe June, July, because I thought the reports that they were still polishing out quite a bit of stuff on it. Um, but that was like a couple of months ago. So, and it'll also be coming for current and last gen, uh, which I think mm. might have surprised quite a few people. I don't think they were expecting this to be on last gen. Uh, yeah. So they showed off uh, a new trailer, uh, which revealed a little bit more about the story, about the tall, hat vampire lady uh, that mm. the internet had been gushing over since she was revealed. The monster. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because, like, when the first trailer came out and you kind of see her, no one kind of bad eyelids, no one really was like, oh, she's, she's, looks like an interesting character. But there's no, none of this, like, absolute, like, the best character in Resident Evil or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's absolute ridiculous. But, I mean, they show off a little bit of the gameplay as well, which looks good. Um, it does look like 
gameplay-wise, it's a bit of a combination between Resident Evil 7, with the first-person kind of stuff, and Resident Evil 4. Because you've got the whole kind of, you know, you're exploring a village, which you did in Resident Evil 4. Um, there's a merchant, same cool. as Resident Evil 4. The merchant looked pretty cool, yeah. The Duke. Um, mm-hmm. Big block. Very, very large man, yes. Very, very, very big block. Um, which looks like you'll be able to kind of buy new weapons off him, buy uh, ammo, anything like be able to upgrade your weapons as well, which again was similar to what the merchant was for Resident Evil 4. And then also like the inventory system. Very, very Resident Evil 4-esque again with like a uh, attached case. Case. That's how you'd call it. Sashay case. case. That's probably the word I was actually looking for. Where you can have all sorts, like all sorts of weapons in there, uh, items and whatnot. And maybe again as well, probably, probably something else is you might have like a similar lead up from going to your village into the the castle um, in Resident Evil Village because the exact same happens for Resident Evil Four. You're gonna go from a village. To a castle. <laughs> I hope it doesn't follow completely. It's just a remake. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if this is the actual up. Resident Evil 4 remake, but they've just like spruced it up and done their own thing. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it look it looks impressive graphically. It looks very good. I was it really looks it. incredible. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to touch it like, large ball for obvious reasons, but yeah, it looked it looks impressive. Like mm. definitely the best looking next gen game so far. Yeah, I watched a bit of um, like the walkthrough of it. I think it was it like under some catacombs or uh, like a jail or something, and it did look absolutely fantastic. Like finding like picks to get into like rooms and um, mm. what you find while it's there. It's just yeah, it just looks really creepy. Yeah, so like um, towards the end of like the village bit, they showed off like the different collections they can get, like collector's edition with the statue of Chris Richfield. Um, and then they showed off that they have a demo that was going to come out pretty much as soon as the event was over um, called the Maiden Demo, and it was PS5 exclusive. Um, and then the demo you'd play, it's, it's very much a side, it's a side thing away from the main game. It, like, it relates to it, but not like to the actual story or anything. It's more kind of backstory filling for the, cat, the, uh, the, the characters of the castle. Um, and I was watch. I actually watched a, a walkthrough of it, and I was just uh, blown away with like, I mean, one graphically it looks amazing and disgusting at the same time. Because um, at one point you get to a point where you see like this hand sticking out of a barrel, with like I think like blood's coming down of it. I'm not quite sure, but like you, you start figuring out that initially these barrels um, were like. St- uh, stocks of this like wine that um the vampire lady i think she's called lady dimitris oh name's gone it's like dimitri something i sure read that lady d yeah we'll call lady um so <laughs> don't like, do that the internet's gonna get even worse <laughs> yeah i know i know you end up finding out her first name like alcina something like that so we'll just say alcina um you find out like she's been stuck in this barrels of wine for ages and she's got a way of pouring it with something um to make you know the flavor taste really nice and whatnot um and then as you go through you start seeing that like 
there's just dead people in these barrels, and you're like, oh, right, so the the mm, wine is actually tasty flavour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, adds tasty flavour to it. Um, Eat it with some fava beans. And uh, just just watching the demo though, like other than graphically, I think audio as well was used really well. Um, in like a horror sense of like you know there's things going on all the time there's you know noises happening your foot you know you can hear your foot steps and they're loud and uh, every time you're like shifting and stuff you're wondering if something's following you or not but it was really impressive like every, everything in that demo that I saw um, it's just it's just a nice like it's been like what PT was to what should have been Silent Hills you know it was just it was a taste of like the atmosphere and what to expect from the full game. So I think Village is going to be absolutely amazing. I think I think it'll be brilliant. And I mean, they announced in the spring they're also going to release a new a new demo for all platforms, um, which I think will be more of a more of like a proper gameplay. You know, you might probably get to play as Ethan at some point. You know, maybe get a feel of like the guns, maybe some of the enemies, whatnot. Um, so looking forward to once once that comes out, I think. Along with a lot of village news, uh, was a, uh, a reveal of a new multiplayer game uh, that's coming out three with village. That's called Reverse. Um, so I looked I looked up more information about this on their website because it wasn't it wasn't quite straightforward why it actually was like. There's clearly characters. I don't, think, from... I don't think they really explained it all that much, did they? they? No, the explanation wasn't very great. It was it was more of like a teaser, wasn't it? It's like they had a little bit to talk about, you know. Um, there's going to be a close later. Characters happening. running around. Yeah. Um, so what it looks to be is you're going to you be able to play as various characters throughout the Resident Evil series. Uh, or at least from what I think is going to be seven onwards. I don't know if they'll have any from six downwards we'll see but it's a six person deathmatch basically uh and you'll be playing as various characters throughout various famous locations throughout the series so they showed off a lot of the um raccoon city police department from resident evil 2 and 3 remake and the only thing that they really uh, explained oh i wish they explained a little bit better than the trailer was that obviously you saw some of the I suppose bio weapons that were also in the game. So you had like the the giant nemesis uh, was in there yeah. shooting his rocket launcher. You had uh, Jack Baker um, with his I suppose scissor saw things flying around, and they also had like a miniature, like a mini- miniature sized, oh, what is it? like a hunter. I think it's hunter bear. I think. Which was in Resident Evil 3 remake. Um, and reading from the website, how it's explained is that um, throughout the game, on a level, there's like files of viruses that you can collect. And when you die, you can come back spawning as a bioweapon. So the more of these viruses you collect, like the, the better type of bioweapon you end up spawning back as. Um, which. I don't know. Could be good. Uh, they showed off a little cell shaded. I wasn't too sure yeah. about that. That looks very weird to me. Like, 
It looked a bit off for a Resident Evil game. Like, cell shading Resident Evil didn't seem to mix. Um, I mean, I saw some of the screenshots that were on the website, and I didn't see the cell shading in those, so I don't know whether that was a an artistic design to go for the trailer. Uh, it was a bit... Eh, I don't think it really worked for me. I mean, I, I hope I hope not. I, I hope the game isn't in that effect. Because um, it, it doesn't look good, if I'm honest. Um, but so does that yeah. does that not particularly excite you? Then? I'm not sure. I was I was debating on this one because like I've looked, I looked at all like, the the Twitter responses to it, and I think majority were like, we didn't ask for this. <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Uh, and I think it's just because like they've they've done decent co-op or multiplayer style Resident Evil games before. Like I think one of the first ones they did was Outbreak, which was basically like old style Resident Evil, but up to four players with an actual story. So you're playing through like Resident Evil with four players, which was cool. I mean at the time when they did it for the PS2, internet wasn't great, so everyone kind of just wants that again. Um or if not that kind of the mercenaries mode that's been in I think it was Resident Evil I think it was first appeared in Resident Evil 3 up to 6. And that was really good, because that's just like a like a very short... Uh, you got short levels, you got like five minutes, and it's like a horde thing where you just kill as many enemies as possible. Which is fun, and you can do in co-op. Um, and then they also had like a raid mode in the Revelations games, which was like a variant on Mercenaries, which is kind of cool as well. But they seem to want to experiment with their multiplayers now. Like, they did Resistance with Resident Evil 3. Um, and I enjoyed the concept. I enjoyed it for the first few weeks that I played it. But then I think when things got too powerful, uh, like the actual meta of the game. So it was an interesting idea. Um, I liked it. And I'll, I'll give this a go as well. I, like, I always like like it when people try new things you know new stuff for yeah. the series you know be experimental don't just be yeah don't play it safe stale all the time. Yeah, yeah don't play it safe um but at this moment it's a bit well we'll see i'd like to see more information on that one and then they shut off a little bit more uh of i think it was infinite darkness the um animated netflix series oh that does look good. Um, they explained that it is set sometime after Resident Evil, f- somewhere between Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5, I think. Which is yeah, an interesting place to pick, but uh, there we go. Um, so that's good. Um, and then I think the last bit was that um, Ubisoft is uh, is going to be helping celebrate the Resident Evil 25th anniversary by adding some cosmetic items into the Division 2, which I don't know what to think about. I mean, it'll definitely make me... Random. Random. Um, I mean, if they announced that there was some sort of, like, zombie mode that came into the Division 2 because of it, I'd be like, ooh, I'll I'll definitely try that, see what it's like. Um, But at the moment, it's just kind of cosmetic stuff, so, like, you can log... Like, I think if you log in after the 2nd of February, you can unlock Leon's um, cop outfit from Resident Evil 2. And then there was stuff like uh, Jill's Star's outfit as well. Uh, and then there's some weapons, I think, which, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll, 
I'll jump on on second February, see what it's like. Uh, I don't think it's going to make me stay on Division Two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much everything from the Resident Evil showcase. But I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think this was definitely the strongest uh, strongest um, look of Resident Evil Village I think we've seen, and it it just looks amazing. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I'm looking forward to you looking forward to it because I'm not playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to stream it for you. <laughs> it's, it seems like the most interesting Resident Evil so far for me, from what I've seen of it. So I might dip my toe in um, after how it went with Origins. So. Okay, so there was a executive that's uh, what's known as the MPD group, and that's like an American market research group. Mm. And they put out a series of tweets. There's this guy is called Matt Picastella. Uh, they put out a series of tweets. Uh, which gave an in-depth look at like sales trends in America for games mm. of last year. Uh, so Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in units and dollars for both December and month last year. That's Annual it. dollar sales of Switch hardware were the second highest for a platform in US history. Second wow. highest? Wow. Only the 2008 dollar sales of Nintendo Wii were higher. Mm. Wow. So Nintendo did well, it seems. Well, that's it. I mean, they've got these, the normal switch out, and then they've got the light, so they can meet more price points. Mm. Plus, I think with the issue in getting Xbox Series Xs and Ss and the PS5, yeah. I think it's really helped push the Nintendo hardware for Christmas. Mm. Is there rumour of a new Switch? Okay. Well, they've been touting it for the last couple of years that they need to make like a mm. new sw- Switch Pro, for example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that like update the um, frame rates and the resolution to 4K and all that, but there's nothing concrete yet. Um, I'm hoping that they'll bring something out around February, March time, maybe, because then I think the Switch will be about four years old. Is that right? Something like that. So I think that's kind of, it's like the perfect time to release something four years on from the initial release date about what they're going to be doing next, because you've got to think a lot of the newer games that, are cross-platform won't be able to be ported across to the switch because of the hardware differences because it is it does like drop frame rates on games like the witcher 3 at the minute so they've got to be doing some something in terms of a a revision for me uh playstation 5 finished 2020 as the second best-selling console in dollar sales while playstation 4 ranked second in units sold so PlayStation 5 set a new dollar sales record for PlayStation hardware for each platform's first December. Uh, moves on to the games. So Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War was the best-selling game of both December as well as 2020. Uh, oh, while, surprise. While Modern Warfare was 2020's second bestseller. <laughs> Call of Duty, Call of Duty back Call of Duty ranked as the best-selling game in franchise in the US market for a record 12th consecutive year. 12. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it is a high sell, but like, just to have that longevity. There's been some rubbish games in between now and 12 years. It, it just seems strange that it'd keep that kind of level of consistency. But they had they had a lot of backlash though. That was it was the year that um, they revealed Infinity Warfare, and then when they mentioned, oh, um, we're gonna have Modern Warfare remastered on it, but you've got to buy Infinite Warfare to get it. Like, I'm sure oh, they got yeah, a lot yeah. of backlash, but it mm. still somehow sells better than any other game in the US. <laughs> the US loved their first-person shooters. Call of Duty. <laughs> I 
Animal Crossing New Horizons was 2020's third best-selling title and the sixth best-selling game of December. In 2020, the title achieved the highest physical dollar sales for a Nintendo published game in a calendar year since Wii Fit Plus in 2010. Wow, Wii Fit Plus. <laughs> it just seems so random. Yeah, random. it's like Wii Fit Plus. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Cyberpunk, 20, Cyberpunk 2077 debuted as the number two best selling game in December and the 19th best selling game of 2020, despite the lack of digital tracking. The Last of Us Part 2 finished 2020 as the year's sixth best selling title overall. Uh, it now ranks as the third best selling Sony published game in US history in dollar sales, trailing only. Can you guess the other two? Is it, Unch- is it Uncharted 4? No. The Last of Us Part 1? Think about the ones that your favourite. It's got to be Marvel Spider-Man. Yeah, that's one of them. Oh, yeah. And what's, what's, it. what's the, what's the one War? you love? Uh, God of War. There you go. Yes. Just both of them. <laughs> Half of the top 20 best-selling games of December last year were published by Nintendo. Really? Wow. Still pumping out that good stuff. Uh, this is the top 20 sellers of the whole year. Do-do-do-do! <laughs> Number 20. Tony Oaks Plus Gator 1 and 2. I'm glad that's made it onto that list. I want it to be higher, but (laughs) can't have everything, I guess. Uh, 19, Cyberpunk. Uh, 18, MLB The Show 20. It's America, ain't it? Uh, 17, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Is that right? Yeah, fairly good pronunciation. Yeah. Hey, hey. I know my Dragon Balls. Uh, 15. Oh, no. no, 16, Mortal Kombat 11, 15, FIFA 21, 14, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, 13, NBA 20, uh, 2K21, uh, 12, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, 11, Marvel's Avengers. That's, that's this big. Wow. How is it? Very <laughs> much about that now. Uh, 10, Final Fantasy VII Remake, 9, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, 8, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 7, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, six, The Last of Us Part Two. Five, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Four, Modern NFL 21. Three, Animal Crossing New Horizons. And two, Modern Warfare. One, Black Ops Cold War. Do you want the top ten of each platform? Of each platform? Yeah. Go on, give it to us. I'll start with Nintendo. It's number ten, Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Super Mario Party. Eight, Luigi's Mansion 3. Seven, New Super Mario Bros. New Deluxe. Six, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Five, Ring Fit Adventure. Four, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Three, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Two, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And one, yes, sure. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, yeah. (laughs) Xbox, top ten of last year. Ten, Tony Hawk's Plus Gate 1, 2. Nine, Dragon Ball Z, Karakot. Got that one wrong. Karakot. 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 Eight, Eight, Cyberpunk. Uh, Seven, FIFA 21. Six, NBA 2K. Five, Marvel's Avengers. Four, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Three, Madden 21. Uh, Modern Warfare. And then Black Ops Cold War. PlayStation. Ten, Marvel's Avengers. Nine, MLB The Show 28. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Seven, uh... Spider-Man 6, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, Madden NFL 21, 4, Ghost of Tsushima, 3, Last of Us Part 2, 2, Modern Warfare, for, Modern, War, <laughs> Modern Warfare, and 1, Black Ops Cold War. There you go. What do you think? 
I'm well, surprised Call of Duty's back <laughs> on top, honestly. Like, I thought people were starting to get really? bored of it. And well, then... everyone says they bought it, and then they still go out and buy it, don't they? They'll say, oh, oh that's it. They've always, the always got it on pre-order. They're always going to do it. All right, shall we move on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just going to segue into your um, stats earlier, Mark. Um, so just moving a bit close to home, um, a developer called Team 17, based in Yorkshire, Wakefield. Um, so they posted their worms. figures. Yep, best known for creating the Worms franchise. Um, yeah, so they posted their figures at the end of uh, 2020, and uh, their earnings were up 36%. So going along with that trend of people buying more games, which is great. Um, and it looks like they're going to have a really strong uh, 2021 as well. Um, so they're going to have new launches, which include Worms, Rumble, Overcooked All You Can Eat um, on all, all the platforms, pretty much. Rogue Heroes, um, Super Magbot, and uh, a few other games in that list. Um, but yeah, they're, they're still ticking over. And um, they made a lot more than projected, which is which is good. I think that they also... Um bought the full rights to the game golf golf with your friends mm, yeah um which i i actually i i bought the early access to it like um oh, i'm trying to remember how long it was about over a year ago now it is it is a fun little game um you know i think the partnership that they they made with the um let's just say that the old developers that made with team 17 really um put the game in like a, a, a big spotlight, especially putting it on consoles. Mm-hmm. So that, that's been good for them, for sure. Uh, apparently, um, a couple of online retailers um, may have slipped the uh, release date from the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, oh, yeah. A few retail, retailers have put down um, the edition to be released on the 12th of March of this year. Uh, so yeah it's coming pretty early um the one other thing that i've not been able to actually read up any news on is like what platforms is this game coming on ps4 xbox i'm sure that's what it was last gen not next gen. <laughs> yeah i wonder if it might get bumped up to next gen maybe current gen i'm getting what? confused it's not <laughs> it's still running isn't it well, 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 yeah. I mean, you can still run it on your PS5 and Xbox Series X and this, so I wouldn't think that would be too much of a problem. Got a couple of news on some game delays as well, which is a bit unfortunate. Uh, so we have got Hogwarts Legacy has been oh. delayed into next year for 2022, uh, which is obviously it's unfortunate to hear that games get delayed, but I think this is... I think we kind of knew with the pandemic that this was going to be probably a common because it's just it's it's just difficult to uh, develop games when you're not at an office. We're starting to find out. Mm, who would have thunk it? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, one other game that's uh, become the victim of uh, the pandemic has been Ubisoft's Riders Republic. I think it was due sometime early this year. I think it might have been like February or March or something like that. Uh, but they've just said they've, they've had to delay until a time later this year. Nothing specific, but apparently it'll still be coming this year. Not good news, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, the only other thing that I've got, which was, I suppose, sort of big, but also 
a little confusing to me um, was that Lucasfilm had come out and said they are resurrecting the Lucasfilm Games brand um, mm. to tie up all of their, I suppose, video game franchises um, all in one place, uh, which is stuff like you know Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, Tales Tales of the Monkey Island, I think Tales of Monkey Island. I think that was that was a Lucasfilm as well. What came with that announcement? Well, it was LucasArts, weren't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it was... Well, it started off being Lucasfilm Games, and then they rebranded to LucasArts. Because they did uh, Grim Fandango. Yes, Grim Fandango, yeah. They did quite a few, like, um, point-and-click adventure stuff, didn't they? Mm. Yeah, they did. So, they, they were big in that. So, along with that announcement came the reveal that Machine Games um, were working on a new Indiana Jones game. Um, it's going to have Todd Howard, who is famous for the Elder Scrolls and Fallout series, as an executive producer. So, Xbox this... exclusive. Yeah, I'm, I, this, this is going to be interesting. Because I, I remember the last Indiana Jones game, or like at least like a third-person kind of platform that came out. That was on. I played on the original Xbox. I thought it was actually all right. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> um. But it could be an interesting fit, you know, Machine Games, uh, you know, did Wolfenstein, loved the Nazis in their games, so. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's true. Well, I suppose it's a good fit, maybe. Um, be interested to see what type of game, whether it be like, I, I couldn't imagine first person, but I suppose we'll see. Uh, that wouldn't really fit in Jan Jones, I don't think. It's supposed to be an adventure, isn't it? That's it. It's, it's very, well, it's Tomb Raider, isn't it, pretty much? Yeah. Well, you got to think like an Uncharted style. Yeah. 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 Shame that Naughty Dog didn't get all the books. They would have done an inch pretty well, I reckon. Oh, just reskin Nathan Drake. <laughs> just reskin him, that's it. Put his leather jacket on his hat and give him a whip. Jumped on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, along with that, though, came the announcement from Ubisoft as well that the developers Massive Entertainment, who uh, make the Division games, are working on a new open-world Star Wars game, which immediately put into question what happened to EA's exclusivity to Star Wars. Well, I think it seems like they've lost it, haven't they? Well, I was, I was looking into it because they were meant to have like a 10-year exclusive you know, deal to the Star Wars IP to make all sorts of Star Wars games and, and whatnot. And that was due to come up in 2023. So it's two years cut short effect well i think it's no i think it's still there but i think the deal ends there but that's when these new games will appear those years uh you could be on some of that yeah it could be i mean well they still got a close partnership with uh with disney anyway or lucasfilm uh to make the games because i mean you know the initial first games that came out from that deal weren't too brilliant you know the old republic didn't light the uh, MMO world on fire and they spent a lot of money on that the first Battlefront was okay and then they had all those mobile titles um, but I mean you know they've managed to get some good stuff out of it you know Jedi Fallen Order was um, critically celebrated well not celebrated but it was a, it was a solid game at least um, and I think Squadrons as well has come out to be quite a solid game as well and then Battlefront 2 eventually come good <laughs> It went through the ringer before ringer, it got loose, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> to get there, but it is. So. 
it was like when I read this, it was like EA losing the rights to it. It's like, yeah, excited. And then I read Massive Entertainment doing an open world game, and I'm like, uh, no. Those sort of Ubisoft open world games, they just don't, they're just not very excited, I don't think. Mm. It's bland, generic. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't excite me, to be honest, when they announced those developers. But I'm more looking forward to the Indiana Jones one, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think that's got some good potential. I think especially with Todd Howard um, looking after it. Because apparently he's like a, a big Indiana Jones fan. So, well, we'll see. We'll see how they look. Um, the only last thing they've got, which is funnily related to what we t- what we were sort of talking about, um, the Uncharted film that is starring mm. Tom Holland has been delayed. <laughs> how was it? I don't know. It has, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was meant to come out July this year, I think. Um, which is funny enough, it that date was also put forward by Sony from its original date, which I think was sometime in October. But they were like, yeah, we'll bring it out in July. And then they've gone, actually, no, we'll bring it out in February next year. Uh, because I don't think people will be returning to the cinemas anytime soon this year, unfortunately. I've got one final piece of news. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but we're going back to our old friends, CD Projekt Red. And they put out an apology video. Let's let's go through it and let's let's dissect it along the way, shall we? Let's so do it. It starts off. So it's Marcin Ivinsky. He's the co-founder of the CD Projekt. And he gave a public apology video titled, Our Commitment to Quarter. So based on our legacy of genuine and honest communication, you've trusted us and pre-ordered our game. And despite good reviews on PC, the console version of Cyberpunk 2077 did not meet the quality standard we wanted it to meet. I and the entire leadership team are deeply sorry for this, and this video is me publicly owning up to that. Please don't fault any of our teams for what's happened. They all are incredibly talented and hardworking. Myself and the board are the final decision makers, and it was our call to release the game. Although, believe me, we never intended for anything like this to happen. I assure you, that we'll do our best to regain your trust. So, hold on just there. I think we all know it's leadership to blame, don't we? Well, they're the ones that put the um, date in and said this is the date that it is going to be released, regardless of what state the game's in. They oh, drew the line day. in the ground. Mm. It's like, don't make it out that we've all been saying otherwise. It's like, everybody knows this is management. No, you know, developers have been working the backside off to try and get this fixed as much as possible. So. I, I think I think what what was the most annoying thing was that I th- um I think I can't remember who it was at CD, CD Projekt Red I think it was someone fairly high up but they're like I think it's sort of like was it like a few weeks or like a month away from release they were talking about how surprisingly well the console version of the yeah. game ran and it's just like how like how take, take, that, so take that statement and like apply that to how the console version actually come, came out as like no, but, what was surprisingly no, but, well about it they ran also, it's just that term surprisingly well yeah why like, would it be surprising why, why did it just run well why was it surprising like what was surprising about it like <laughs> it's just so uh, it's been it's just so badly man-managed this this whole thing um i just i don't know you balls it up as much as they have done. I, I don't know how they've done it. <laughs> okay, so he continues. Now I'd like to tell you how the situation looked from the inside. Cyberpunk 2077 
uh, is huge in scope and I'm not only talking about quests or things you see at first glance, I'm talking about a multitude of custom objects, interacting systems and mechanics. In the game, everything is not stretched out over flat terrain where we can make things less taxing hardware-wise, but condensed in one big city and in a relatively loading-free environment. On its own, this is a challenge, but we made it even more difficult for ourselves by wanting to make the game look epic on PCs and then adjusting it to consoles, especially mm. old jets. That was quite a sunch. You'd think it'd be the other way around. You'd get it running well on the things that aren't as powerful and then build it from there. It just yeah, seems like well they've on, got that totally wrong. Yeah. yeah. So if you do it well, well on the consoles, then you can just you can just improve it PC, can't you? Yeah, that's it. I mean you can it's change still, the it, it'd still be a good mm. game, wouldn't it? I don't think game development's ever been like that, though. Like, you get it working... I think it's always been you get it working well on PC to the point that you want it, and then you always downgrade it then to consoles. But I think it's clear, I think, you know, maybe if we didn't have this pandemic, uh, you know, things would have probably looked better for them. They'd be able to, you know, get get a console version working to a point that is uh, at least not as many bugs as what it came out as. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I, I don't know the inside workings of what happened with CD Projekt Red. <laughs> uh, it goes on, and things did not look super difficult at first. We knew the hardware gap, yes, but ultimately, I think that time has proven that we've underestimated the task. Really, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, that should have been recognised a long time ago. I don't, I don't buy that statement. Yeah, this game's been in development for a very long time. They should have known. Well. And they've developed been, games before, obviously. It's been contrary, <laughs> it's been contrary news to that. Well, that. Probably it may have been only about four years development. Full time. Yeah, I heard some of that. Where, like when did they announce it? Probably. It's 2012, I believe it was announced. It was from like 2012, wasn't it? They announced it. And then I read... I don't think full development happened until 2016, I don't think. Mm. Well, that's what's been reported, whether it's true or not. It's been reported. But four years is a very long time still. Yeah, but eight years is... It good. is. I think for the ambition that they wanted for Cyberpunk, I don't think, I think four years is long enough. That's the thing. Right, because of... To give you a concrete example, and the main corporate, we had to constantly improve our in-game streaming system for old-gen consoles. Streaming is responsible for feeding the engine with what you see on screen, as well as the game mechanics. And since the, since the city is so packed and the disc bandwidth of all games is what it is, it constantly challenged us. So why didn't we just knock that on the head? I, I don't understand why they just, well, okay, we do know it's the money, isn't it? But it should have just done it for next year. Well, well they could have just there, delayed for If it clearly consoles. wasn't working, yeah. Mm. Like they made enough from the PC sales. They didn't need... Well, well, that's it. They were adamant about getting out in this holiday period so that they could get the Christmas sales. And that's it. They were never not going to release it when they did, I don't think. And they didn't... At that point, they just thought, we'll get it out and then see what happens from there, I think. Yeah, fix it up. Yeah. I mean, mean, we've seen that it's it's really good on PC, but it's just a shame about everybody else. Mm. Every change and improvement needed to be tested, and as it turned out, our testing did not show a big part of the issues you experienced while playing the game. I don't believe that for a second. In fact, well, I looks, that looks like they need to expand the QA team then if they didn't see any of these bugs. Yeah, that's a difficult one. I, I've heard of 
bugs that developers haven't been able to find that you know through a mass amount of people that play it at home. It's a bit of a stretch for like how much that game was broken. Like, so, so did did no one notice the frame rate issues on the old consoles? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> sure, sure. Clearly not. <laughs> uh, as we got closer to the final release, we saw significant improvements each and every day, and we really believed we'd deliver in the final day zero update. Again, I can't believe that for a moment. I mean, for him to say that, there's got to be a serious lack of communication internally for him to believe that that Mm. was the case. Mm. Maybe. Now let's talk about the review process. We started sending out out PC review keys in the first days of December. On launch day, December 10th, we hit the ground running with a really good start on PC. While not perfect, it's a version of Cyberpunk we're very proud of. Fair enough. It was all right on PC, I guess. At the same time, we're fighting for quality on all-gen consoles till the very last moment. And, ex- and every extra day of us working on the Z0 update brought visible improvements. This is why we started sending console review keys on 8th of December. So that's two days before release, uh, which was later than we originally planned. This all happened while working from home, with all the challenges resulting from the COVID-related restrictions. A lot of the dynamics we normally take for granted got lost over video calls or emails, and we took that hit too. Okay, so it must have been quite obvious the game wasn't in a fit state for quite some time. Then. And yeah, COVID is an issue. Yeah. Uh, but that's all the more reason, more than more reason to have delayed it, sure. You would have thought. So, uh, but yeah. there's, everyone's had to deal with these issues. And well, other well, companies it. have delayed yeah. them because they understand the issues. But then he went on to show like a roadmap of like the upgrade schedule is going to be. Mm. Uh, so the updates will take priority. They'll take there'll be regular updates and DLC needs to be pushed back. Uh, the next gen upgrade will be slated for the second half of next year. But no, let's be honest, nobody's interested about that at the moment. Just get the base game right. Oh, DLC. <laughs> uh, and he finishes the video off with this. Uh, I'd like to end this video by showing you that we treat this entire situation very seriously and are working hard to make it right. The guiding principles of our company are still core to what we do. We still want to make amazing games and to have open communication with you, our players. We need to improve on that. Uh, for now, our immediate focus is to work hard on making sure you enjoy Cyberpunk 2077 regardless of platform. Beyond Cyberpunk, we have many plans for the future, which we will share more about when we are ready. Thank you for taking time to watch this video. Um, thoughts on all that? Uh, still not coming. No. Um, I mean, it's better than having no communication at all. So I give him props well, for coming yeah. out and actually saying that. That's something. I, 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 mean, I appreciate it. Well, but at the same time, uh, it shouldn't have got to this point. Do you know what I mean? Like, they shouldn't have had to apologise. It's not really good, but like it kept everything hidden before the release, and then suddenly the proverbial is it fat, shall we say? Well, oh, this is it, isn't it? I some mean, of, some of you want to talk to right It's like I, I couldn't, I could understand why they probably didn't want to delay any further because they probably got a lot of pushback from their shareholders, um, who are currently trying to sue them. Um, well, this is about the share, the whole shareholders thing. It's like who, who was, who was pushing who here? So were the shareholders pushing management to get the game out? But were they doing that? Because the management was saying that the game is ready, but clearly it wasn't. 
Well, that's something that they'll never tell us. Is it the was it the shareholders saying to the board that when realistically this needs to be out by out. Christmas so that we can yeah. break that money in to push the share price up? Well, it, it depends on if management were saying the game is nearly ready or whether yeah. they were just lying. Well, to the well, well it's up to management to tell the board how it is because uh, they're the bridge between the board and the rest of the company. It's it's a complex situation with a lot of threads going through it. I don't think there's. You can't lay this lady just one person. Yeah, I think I there's a lot of different blame, facets yeah. that as part of. Sorry for cutting you off. Um, no, no, I think there's a lot of things involved with this that have really just been like the perfect storm of crap, really, like between the the shareholders and the management team, the development, and maybe it not being tested quite right. And it's all yeah. come to a head where it's just they've just released a game that's just simply not ready yet, and Clearly. they've paid. I think they've paid the price for it with all of the refunds, having to remove the game from the store, the the slashes in prices that we've seen on the game now. Because I think you can pick it up for what twenty twenty five quid, which is about half of what it initially retailed at. Especially my takeaway from this is that management pushed developers over the limits so that we you know there was this whole crunch thing wasn't there they're working six mm. days etc clearly pushing everyone to work their backsides off as much as possible they've probably gone to shareholders and say oh look we're working oh, so hard on this this is going to be ready in such and such time clearly it isn't shareholders have gone yeah great it looks, looks like this is all fine and then obviously management released the game clearly not fit i think that's cool, a- all over the place <laughs> I think that's the point as well. That like, did management show the shareholders the PC version and hold the console version away from them as well? Because I think that's an argument for why they want to sue them because they weren't shown. Surely, surely it must be the case. Maybe they just mm. saw what we saw. Probably, yeah. I don't know. It's just a whole bunch of bad things that happened that that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> mm. Well, definitely for a company of their pedigree, for what they've done in the past, they should be at a stage now where they know what they're doing, and this should not have happened. Well, it's a it's, it's a it's a hard lesson that they're going to have to learn for the future. That's for sure. Um, I, I don't think they're quite EA Activision levels of hate just yet. They've not released as many games to to get that kind of stuff. But there's certainly going to be an emphasis on the next game. Of like, right, there's going to be a lot of close eyes on this, and you better deliver this time. Yeah, a lot, a lot of this, it just feels like No Man's Sky to me. Just the way all these promises oh, about the game being ready and so good. It's far worse than No Man's Sky. <laughs> at least No Man's Sky well, was an indie thing. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. It still he came out with all these promises, and it just wasn't where it needed to be. It just parallels that. Well, I, to be quite honest, I, this is going to be uh, controversial, but I blame the players for that because I think they made the hype up themselves in the heads for that. Because when I saw yeah. the Man's Guy first shown, I didn't think it was very interesting. I didn't, I didn't see what people were so excited about it for. But I, I think the players do have to take a certain amount of blame for the hype that it got, but it's, uh, it is what it is, unfortunately. But that's, but that's got better, okay, so... Well, that's oh, yeah. to the point that it's so, the best well, ongoing game that I predicted correctly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. You're never going to let that one down. Yep, never going to let that down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess we'll just have to see what the reaction is from now on. 
yep. from CD Projekt. Just keep keep an eye on the. It can't uh, get any worse, can it? Unless they go bankrupt from all these. Well, be sued all this time. Just 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 add a lot of copies. <laughs> yeah, sold a lot of copies. Just just add a little add-on to it because I remember seeing this. Um, they recently released their first like major patch for the game, uh, which is a lot more about stability than actually oh else. But apparently certain players have found a new game-breaking bug uh, to a certain mission now because of this patch. (laughs) So it's still ongoing. It's, uh, I'm I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they'll, uh, I'm sure the game will come good eventually. Um, And when it does is the day that I will buy it. But until that point. To me, it's just going to sit there until they pull their finger out. Just there next to Black Flag in Barmut Pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, shall we move on? Yes. We're yeah. Or we all play. Go on, Nathan. Me? Lemonade. <laughs> all right, then. I'll do it. <laughs> right. Um, so there's a couple well, of games. Chosen. I am. Uh, anyway um yeah so there's a couple of games that i've been playing quite intently uh one game that i finished one game that's still ongoing i'll i'll talk about the game that i finished first because it was part of my new year's resolution actually that every game that i bought i was at least gonna play a bit of it to see what i thought and it's one that i actually i think i showed off in the last podcast um and it was delivers the moon so um i played this and i've completed it so just a bit of a, a bit of premise about the game. So you play as a character called Ralph, and essentially you're Earth's last hope in an apocalyptic future. So we've ran through all of our fossil fuels um, in this not so distant future, and um, we we've gone to the moon and we've found a substance called helium three that can be converted into energy, and that energy then gets sent to Earth via um, radio waves. The science is a bit shaky, but anyway, that's the way they decided to do it. And using that energy, um, Earth's got enough power to sustain itself um, and everything's going well. And that station, that lunar station runs for a few years and everything's going okay. And then one day, the energy stops being sent to Earth and um, the lunar the lunar colony, colony uh, just goes dark no communication or anything anyway because of the lack of power um basically earth is set descent into chaos and um basically over a four-year period it's basically humanity trying to find out what's gone on mm. so as as everything was happening with all the fossil fuels being used um the powers of the world at the time made the world space organization to try and look into different forms of energy. Space Force. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, basically, as the game starts, you're, you're Ralph, and you've managed to scrape together enough power on to put into a rocket to get yourself to the moon to try and find out what's happened to the con- colony, first of all, and secondly, to try and get the power back to Earth. So near the start of the game, it's... Basically, uh, it's it's kind of a, like a, a bit like a walking simulator. I'd explain this game as, uh, and you've got to like solve different puzzles, find things. Um, the first like major thing that you do is you actually do a shuttle launch, which is quite um, interesting. So you basically because it's you on your own and you're being guided by somebody, you basically have to um, 
set the fuel up um, and then start the launch process. And then you've got to flick loads of switches at a certain in a certain way to get the launch to work properly. And then um, it's quite it's quite interesting. I really enjoyed it. And then you see the launch from Earth and um, you see all of like your your gas modules fall off the shuttle and like burn up in the atmosphere. Mm. Um, and eventually you get to the to the to the lunar base and um, all of the power's pretty much gone. And because there's no gravity, you've they're floating around. So the first bit of the game, you've got to really struggle against getting to learn the controls because you've, you're floating around um, and you don't know which way is up. To be honest, it made me feel a bit sick um, when I first started playing. It's a good job this is not in VR. Um, otherwise, I might have been having a bit of trouble. Um, so eventually, you you basically go through the um, the base and you manage to uh get, you've got to do certain tasks so you've got to like go into the crew's room and uh, like get codes to open certain doors and as you're going through you find out like the story of what's happened using like these audio files that you find so it's like people's accounts of like what's been going on on the base so that's how like the story builds up and uh, because it's, you're essentially on your own at a certain point you lose communication with the people back on earth so it's you get a real feeling of loneliness as you're trying to basically get this um, base back up and running in effect. But eventually you do get gravity back, which is fantastic. Um, and then you can walk around a bit more freely. Um, at a certain point of the game, you do get uh, like a little robot buddy um, and you can use them um, to like go through vents to get to certain places and to unlock certain doors that you couldn't get through from your side. Um, so it's quite puzzling in that way. Um Another really good bit of the game is you've got to go to like an external base from the main one. So you've got to use like this little um, lunar car. Um, so you like like zipping along the moon's surface. And as you know, the gravity is not as much as it is on Earth. So you're like flying off somewhere. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Other bits of the game, um, you it, it's like a race against the clock. Um, so some bits of the base don't have any um, gravity or air. So you've got like a three-minute time limit to try and get to some part of the base that does have air that you can breathe. Or you can find these little air modules to try and like prolong it while you can get to a point where you've got um, air to breathe. So that's quite intense at times. Um, when you do get your like little robot buddy, um, you can start seeing like visual aspects of the story because they can like play like holograms. Um, and eventually you do find out what's happened to the crew. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much. And then at the end, whatever happens, happens. Um, all in all, it's about a five and a half and hour game. Die. Well, <laughs> well, that non nobody was there. So it's a case of you piecing together what happened and why they're not there. Okay. Uh, I'm confused as well in the game. So it's not a horror. No, no. The the horror aspect of it is that you're alone. That's and there's like you can hear like creaks of the station. More so the isolation. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's more the isolation factor that makes it a bit scary. Yeah. So is it a puzzle? Yeah, um, there are some puzzles. So, so every now and again, well, in the game, you get certain, you get certain points where you get certain things. So you get like this cutter thing that you can use to um, like cut through certain objects and get through doors. And you've got to use that to solve certain puzzles in a certain time limit before you stop breathing. Um, so yeah, it, it, there is a lot of puzzle aspects to it. I, the puzzles are either finding like scraps of paper with codes on to open doors um, or like reading somebody's journal to try and find something out to get through to the next bit. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite puzzly at times, and you've got to use everything to your advantage, uh, which is which is quite good. But yeah, um, all in all, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, a really really cool game. Yeah. So I think you'd really enjoy it, uh, Mark, because you're really into uh, astronomy. So. Yeah, I think you'd like like the zero G aspect of it and um, the launch, which is really cool, and then driving along the lunar surface, which is also one of the highlights for me. It's also it's a fairly beautiful game as well. Like everything looks really good. Um, I did come up against some glitches um, near the end of the game, so I did have to restart a save. Um, but bar that, it was it played really well. Um, oh, uh, uh, I finished it in about five and a half hours, so it's not a mega long game. So you could do it in an afternoon if you put your mind to it. But yeah, I'd say it's well worth it. The story and finding out what's happened to everybody is um, yeah, is well worth going along with. Is it um, Xbox exclusive? Uh, no, um, PlayStation 4 and Xbox. So we can get it on either platform. Yeah, I think I only paid about nine quid for it. So yeah, well worth nine quid for me. <laughs> Um, the other game that I've been playing quite a lot is Luigi's Mansion 3 on the Nintendo Switch. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, so um, I, I really like Luigi's Mansion. Um, I never really played the first one on the GameCube, but I did play the second one that came out for the um, 3DS, um, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll get this. I, got, I actually got it as one of my Christmas presents. So again, going into my, um, my New Year's resolution of trying to play all the games that I've got um so yeah so this game um when you start you arrive at a hotel and it's run by somebody called helen gravely um yeah that might i should have known that she were evil but you know uh, anyway you arrive so you're you plays luigi as is the name um and you arrive at a hotel with mario peach toads or the toadstools um and basically uh, it's it turns it turns to be a trap so like the baddie that's in the other games called king boo kind of traps your friends in like paintings and you've got to rescue them mm. um and it's basically you've got to explore different floors of this hotel and uh, capture the ghosts so a bit earlier on in the game you didn't know this at the time uh, when you first started but uh, the professor that's in it professor e gad uh, they got captured and all the ghosts that you've collected throughout the other games got released into this hotel. So mm. you've got to use like your Hoover to try and suck the ghosts up. So you've got to like, you've got to stun them with this light and then suck them up into this Hoover. But this Hoover also does other things. So it's like a steamer. Um, it can like flash fluorescent light to like unlock certain bits um, that you can't quite see normally. So there's a few different mechanics to it and you go into different rooms and different corridors and you've got to try and find these ghosts, suck them up. And at the end of every boss fight, you collect these lift keys or elevator um, buttons. And that's how you unlock different bits of the hotel to try and um, get the ghosts. And it's kind of Luigi trying to solve these puzzles um, and suck up all the ghosts, get the lift buttons to try and get his friends and like get them out of these paintings. So I'm about halfway through so far. Um, one uh, one nice bit of the game actually is um, it's it's an homage to the Virtual Boy console that they bought in the 90s. They've got this thing called the Virtual Boo 
and uh, you use it for communication and like accessing the menu. So I thought that was quite a nice, um, nice aspect to it. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've been playing it a little bit before bed uh, over the last few days, mm. and um, yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying it as I've enjoyed the other ones. Ah, oh, good, good. Question: Why is it called Luigi's Mansion when it was in a hotel? Well, I think the first one was in a mansion, um, but yeah, this one should have been called Luigi's. Uh, well, not Luigi's Hotel. Nice, Helen Gravely's yeah. Hotel. <laughs> wasn't yeah. wasn't it in the first one they? He'd won like a mansion or something, or inherited it, and that's why it was called it or something like that. Mm. I'm not it sure. could be. I'm not sure. I've never played the first one. I've only played the second one and um, mm. this one, obviously. Oh, good, good. Yeah, but it's a fun game. It's like a nice change of pace. Um, the battles aren't too difficult, and you can just like relax as you're exploring. Um, this is good. Yeah. Um, go on then, Matt. What have you been playing? I've been playing. Um, not a whole lot, really. So pretty much all, well, pretty much since I've actually bought the game, um, I've I've been stuck to playing Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Part of the problem. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh. part of the problem. <laughs> um, I just love the zombies mod, and I'm I'm absolutely hooked to it. Um, I mean, at, at the minute, what I'm, what I'm doing. Is I'm trying to unlock the like the gold camos for the guns. Um, so like ever since uh, Call of Duty for Modern Warfare, you could unlock. Well, in that one, you could only unlock certain weapons um, to have the gold camo by getting like so many headshots or something. Mm-hmm. Like you could do, you could you could do it with most of the guns in the game, but in that one, I think there was only like one weapon per class that had like the gold camo and it's kind of followed it's it's kind of followed into over call duties where like now every gun has like a cold camo and then if you unlocked the gold camo for all all the weapons in a certain class you got like a diamond camo it's i it never really bothered me up until probably the rebooted modern warfare uh, where like I'd managed to get a gold camo for like one of the weapons, I was like, "Ooh, this is cool!" Like, I've, I've, I'm actually good at the game. Um, <laughs> I say that I'm not. Um, Got to get them cheats on there. Get the cheat, yeah. Get the hacks <laughs> for the uh, the aim bots and stuff to unlock all the camos. So um, for Black Ops, what they've done, they've done the same for multiplayer. Where it's not just headshots. It's like you got to get long shots. You got to kill people who are like detected or stunned with your weapon you've got to get uh five kills without dying or something like that every so every so many times to unlock different camels and then you look like the gold one and then you get the diamonds for so many in that class and then you can get this what they call dark matter one for all the classes but they did that for zombies as well so there's zombie specific camos for for all the weapons as well um, so they had like a they had a double weapon XP weekend I think not this weekend but the weekend previous so I was doing that for like the assault the assault rifles um, so I've done that for three assault rifles now and I'm working on the fourth one um, while also in normal multiplayer I'm working on like my first gold camo um, which I'm pretty close to actually I'm only five camos away from getting the gold one 
Um, but I, I enjoy this the this Call of Duty. So, um, I enjoyed Modern Warfare um, quite a lot, and I've been enjoying this one as well. Um, so it's kind of it's been nice to kind of get back into a Call of Duty because I I dropped off. I dropped off. Well, when did I drop off? Probably Ghosts, and that was like a good seven or eight Call of Duties ago. So again, back into like I'll always play like the Black Ops ones or the Treyarch ones for zombies. But I'll I'll not really touch the multiplayer. So get back into multiplayer has been quite fun. I have got Drew. Other than that, um, last weekend I got back on playing PC, so I did sort of my normal stuff on there. Uh, Rocket League, uh, Plasmophobia, which I'm still loving. Funny story actually with Plasmophobia. One of the one of the houses that we did um, was on a certain level. So there's, there's like there's three difficulty levels um, where, like, if you play an amateur, you've got five minutes to kind of scour the house, get all the evidence you need um, before the ghost becomes sort of active in a way. Mm. Um, and as you go up each difficulty level, so like intermediate, you've only got two minutes to do your stuff, and then the ghost becomes a little bit more active, a little bit more, you know, doing stuff around the house and whatnot. And on professional, it's, you've got no minutes to set up. You literally you go in, that's it. It's, they say um, they say like a ghost can do like its hunting phase in like as quick as 21 seconds being inside the house or something like that. Um, and we were doing one of these houses and um, we'd found like its its room was upstairs. So we were doing, a, we were setting up, you know, getting the evidence and whatnot and it started doing hunting phase. And normally it spawns near its room or it can spawn in its room so my mate like split off going into like a cupboard to hide i thought it'd be a good idea to go downstairs and get to the basement go downstairs turn around the corner boom cock cock i screamed mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't expecting it because i was like oh it's upstairs i can get downstairs i'll be fine it just happened so suddenly i was just like oh uh so that was quite funny um uh and then only one other game that I've been that I have been playing quite a lot of these last two weeks has been Hades uh, on Switch. Mm. Um, I uh, I don't know. I I can't sing enough praises for this game. Like I can see why it was oh. nominated for. The way, game the way you were saying that, I thought you were going to say you hated it. <laughs> no, I absolutely <laughs> love this game. Honestly, um, I'm really addicted to it. So like. I don't think I've played a game before where you progress the story more as you die. Mm. Like, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but you reveal a lot more about certain characters. It's my type of game, though. Your type of game, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I'm sure, I think I talked about this before on a previous podcast and that, that I'd played it, but I, I don't even just start it. Um, but playing a lot more into it and, like, learning the story of um, Zagreus trying to escape hell. You know, he wants to go to the... Uh, get out of the underworld to to find his mother um, and find out, like, why why did she leave? And just, just finding, like, every time you die, you learn more about, you know, why she left or why Hades doesn't want you to leave or... Um, and his interaction with, like, other underworld people like Nyx who's 
said to be your mother, but wasn't. But she's like looking after Zagreus and like doing everything she can to help him get out of the underworld to like undermine Hades as well, which is kind of funny. And you just get all these like side characters that come in as well, like um, uh, Thanatos, who is like the death incarnate. Like he appeared like after like the fifteenth time I died randomly in a in my game. Who's like doesn't want you to leave as well, but like won't stop you. Um, but just challenge you. Like I've only met him once, but he like challenged me to like be as many enemies as he did, which I didn't. So I don't know if he gives you something like a a boon for uh, being him or whatnot. But like every. Every time I died and like every run I've done has been so different. And like the enemies that you come across as well can can change the further along you go as well. So like um there's this character in the first I suppose set of levels called Meg who will challenge you to not get any further. But then like the more times you beat her to Meg from Family Guy. Meg from Family Guy, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't say a full name like Mag Agrius or something like that. It's, I'm sure it's not. But yeah, I'm, let's stay with. I'll just say we'll just stuck <laughs> with Meg because it's easy to remember. Um, at some point after being her so many times, you then come across one of her sisters, who fights similar to her but has a different sort of set of patterns. So all of a sudden, like you've got something new to fight against, and learn their like how they work and stuff. And then I beat that sister, and then on like I eventually died. I, I finally got to like the third overworld, which is called Elysium, um, which is pretty cool. But it's really challenging as well. And then like I died eventually there, came back to to the like the first boss again of um, Tartarus is what the first level is called. And then I fought the third sister, who was even more furious and very different to like the other two. So it's like it's like you play the game and it's new again suddenly hmm. and just like finding all sorts of new new stuff that you do little things that you talk to it's just it, it amazed me how how much story you progress each time you die and learning new things all the time it's just amazed me like i finally got to like the the third boss which is the elysium i beat him the first time round, which i was surprised i was like oh finally a boss that i've beaten the first time and then I thought that was going to be it because it seemed like that was the last area. But then you get into like the next new area, and suddenly you you're a little like you're going to be fighting Cerberus, which is like the pet dog for Zagreus. Hmm. Um, but then he doesn't fight you. Like suddenly he actually just wants something from you. So I, unfortunately, I went through like another one of the levels and I ended up dying. So I didn't get to the part of what did Cerberus want. Um, but just like I don't know. It's it's such a diverse game that like each run is always different. Like the different power ups you can get from the the Olympian gods, you could get Zeus in like one run and Ares like the god of war, and then your second run you might end up getting like Athena and um, Aphrodite, Aphrodite like yeah. the god of love, and you can combine their stuff um, to make your attacks better, you unlock different weapons as you go on. Um, and then at some point, I unlocked a bit where I could have like duo, uh, like a duo boon of like two different gods that combined their powers into something. 
And it's just like I'm I'm unlocking something new every every run that I'm doing, and it's just amazing to me how much depth there is in this game. It's it's wild. I just want to kind of get back and playing it again. To be fair, <laughs> I like the art style as well. I think we've talked about it. But it's such a a beautiful art mm. style, like really That's distinctive. Nice. Yeah, I just want to get back playing it. <laughs> Once this podcast's over, I'm going back. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what that's what I've been up to. So, what about you, Mark? Okay, so I hopped back on to Mafia Three now because I bought the complete edition, which had like three DLCs. The DLC, yeah. So, when I completed the main game, I completed the first DLC, and then I just for some reason left the other two, mm. and I just started playing Skyrim for some reason, and then so I've, I've basically <laughs> I've gone back because it was it was niggling in my head that these two DLCs weren't completed so I just went back and did them pretty good so last Friday me and my brother uh, we went on we finally got around to doing the Kyle Perico heist on GTA oh online. yeah so you know the recent heist so yeah the one that's on the new island heist yeah so you fly to this tropical island thing where good lord you've got to basically just nick uh, you've got to try and mix some files on this mansion and mm. this weed and money and gold you can make as well along the way. Sweet. You can stash. So we went on that. Absolutely failed spectacular. Because uh, <laughs> it's it's not like the, the other uh, pipes in that you kind of limit your weapons for start. So as part of the oh, setups, yeah. you, you, have, you have particular loadouts. And they only have two weapons. And if you ever do this, I would advise you to, because it gives you, there's like, when you're doing the setups, there's like six or seven loadouts, and you choose which one you want to go for. Mm. And you have to do a mission to get that loadout. Now, we were under the pressure that we could just do them all, and then we'd have a choice on which loadout to take. Okay. It turns out, once you complete one mission for one of those, lo- one of those mission loadouts, that's it. That's the, that's, that's the loadout you're going to go with. Yeah, that's all you've got wow. to have. And then that's the other missions don't open up, so you can't choose a little. Ah. So we ended up So we ended up going for one which we wouldn't have gone with otherwise. So we ended up going with shot. <laughs> you like the weakest one. <laughs> yeah, so we wanted, to, we wanted to do it stealthy, but we had shotguns as our loadouts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so we had, shotguns so we had, so we for their stealth. <laughs> yes. It's... Uh, so we had suppressors because no matter what loadouts, you can go and get suppressors as well. Uh, oh, but it's still a shotgun with a suppressor, so it's still sh- like short range. You can't take anyone out from any distance. You've got like a hand and a small machine gun thing, but it's not like a two to a hand rifle thing. It's just this yeah. one poxy Uzi kind of thing <laughs> again with a suppressor. It's just it just makes it so much more difficult. And it's, you're very limited on your ammo as part of it as well. Ooh. And there's like this this island is covered in guards. So we tried to go, we tried a number of methods to go in stealthy. So first we uh, Halo jumped out of the stealth bomber thing. That looked like the coolest. <laughs> so we we jumped out of that, uh, landed pretty much less than five minutes after we landed, we ended up getting spotted. So that. <laughs> That ended up causing havoc, and we just died. Uh, and then we went stealth in by chopper. So we uh, did a rappel jump at the chopper, oh. at the north of the island, and then the mansion's at the very south of the island, so then we got to try and traverse across the entire map to Ooh. try and get to this mansion. 
Uh, got there. Just this guy with a minigun just destroyed us in there. But, <laughs> so, yeah. It's it's quite difficult. Uh, I can't imagine trying it on your own. So that was that. So we never completed it, actually. So we're going to try that again. But I think that loadout is what destroyed us. Because this, this, it would have been much better if we had, like, sniper rifles. Or mm, yeah. a long-range assault rifle. Because we could just, just like pistol on them. Probably even. <laughs> yeah. But... There's no way of fixing that. So we'll try that again. But one final game I've been playing. A game called Beholder. Beholder is a indie game. And you play a landlord of an apartment block in a fictitious, unnamed totalitarian state. And in this country, there's a civil war raging on. And there's an uprising against the state government. Is this the one where you've got to start listening on people's conversations and stuff? So... Think sort of like Cold War era. Cold War era. And like this, this sounds dark. like a spin-off of um, Papers, Please. Uh, well, oh, well, get on to this. Oh. And so everything's ruled by the state, and mm. basically everybody's miserable. Yeah. It's just the world. It's like well, a war yeah. zone. So you live in the basement of this apartment block with your family. So you've got your wife, a teenage son, and a, a young daughter. And... When you arrive at the beginning of the game, you uh, get arrested, handcuffed, and carted away. It turns out you've been put into this job by the government, and you're to- all you're told is that the previous landlord didn't fulfil his duty. Okay. Uh, so, department known as the Ministry are in constant contact because they give you special assignments. What they want you to do is to spy on your tenant to determine if they are enemies of the state, okay. acting against the regime. Hmm. So this involves you secretly installing cameras in their rooms and searching through their belongings for evidence and also by talking to them to see if they can reveal any secrets. Yeah. And based on what finds and what information you, you get given, you must then write, write reports on them and submit them to the ministry. Uh, and this can lead to the police turning up, beating the tenant up and then arresting them. Uh, and in turn, in turn, you get a cash reward for this. So... Whilst you're doing all this, your, your family will make requests of you as well at the same time. Mm. And this could be like giving them money or procuring an item for them. But if you fail to do this, this can lead to some dire consequences for your family. Okay. Uh, and as the game goes on, you get you sort of get pulled into like both sides of the civil war. So, and it makes you really think about like the ethics behind the, the decisions that are being made, what decisions you want to make. Yeah, yeah. So, do you want to be obedient and do your do your duty for the state, or do you do the morally right thing and help the resistance? Well, that can obviously have repercussions if you decide to do that. Yeah. And over time, like more things, the government start making more things illegal based on things that are happening. And even at one point, rubber ducks become contraband. <laughs> rubber ducks. <laughs> wow. So. So yeah, basically that's what the game is about. In my canon story, uh, my wife got uh, run over by a stampede of people who were running away from some shell. So she died. Oh, great. Uh, yep. My very young daughter died of a disease because I couldn't pay the medical bills. And my right. uh, son, my son, I managed to get my son away because I managed to get him, uh, get him, procure him. 
uh, some cruise tickets. So you managed to escape tickets. Uh, sorry, escape the country with the <laughs> tickets. Mm. Told him to like get off somewhere and just stay out of the country. Don't come back. So he managed to escape. Uh, as for me, uh, I decided to go against the resistance for part of it. And oh. this, the, the, one of the like main guys in the resistance did take too kindly to this. So he went and stood outside. Because when somebody's got a, a task or a mission or something, yeah, uh, there's like an exclamation mark above the head. So this guy came and wandered outside of my, outside my apartment block. He stood outside. I come outside and he just pulls out a gun and just executes me in cold blood. Shot the head. And that's oh, it. That, that's, wow. That was, my, that, was, that was me done. Well, at least uh, your son got well, away. Yeah, yeah. No. Yes. But I reloaded it because I wanted to see, you know, when it gets to the actual end see what happened so I, I just didn't go out and talk to that bloke then when he showed up yeah i just did the rest of it and my end was basically it turns out that i'd done enough i'd, I'd done my duty because because well this is the thing where we go back to papers please there is actually a couple of references to paper please in it oh really because it just it, it does share quite a lot of themes with it so if you do like papers please i was highly recommending you players uh I'll, I'll tell you what the reference is. well there's one particular reference that's quite quite good but I won't mention it just in case you want to play it. Uh, I would highly recommend it. I thought it was really good. How long was your playthrough, wasn't it? About five hours. About five hours, okay. That's not to be honest, it's one that I've been looking at. I see it like on offer f- um, quite fru- frequently, and the premise of it sounds really interesting. Mm. Um, it's, I would really recommend it. It's, well, fun's probably the wrong word. <laughs> I want to say it's a fun game. Mm. It's a very intriguing game. Mm. But there's a there's a sequel as well. I'd like to play the sequel. That's possibly really good as well. But apparently it plays slightly different to this one. But yeah, I really want to play. It. But anyway, in my in my after after reloading my death, uh, basically my bloke ended up living in perpetual misery in his job, just mourning <laughs> over the loss of his family. Mm. So, I'd done enough of the state, but. Just an abject misery, and he was just depressed. For the rest of Not the surprised, bless yeah. him. Everyone's gone. <laughs> what platforms is the game on? Well, I played it on PS4. I think PC. it's available on Xbox as well. Um, it is it on PC? Do we know? Oh, I think it probably would. I can't see I'll have to look. I'll have to look after this. But that's what I've been playing. So, yeah, just before we get into the Hall of Fame, um, I just want to ask if you are enjoying the podcast, uh, would you kindly consider liking and following? That would be great. So, over to you, Mark. Okay. I inducted you this episode. It was first released in 2007 for the Xbox 360 and on PS3 the following year. Developed by 2K Boston and 2K Australia. Published by 2K Games. It's Bioshock. Ooh. I'm just going to say right now, Rapture. Probably one of the best locations a game has ever been set ever. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, easily. I, I just love the Art Deco style of Rapture. It's just absolutely amazing. I love anything that's like alternate history, kind of, and that if there's like any future tech in the past or just anything like that, it's just so strange and really, I just really love it. Um, I mean, Rapture <laughs> built in the 1940s, and you can really tell. Um, as mentioned before, with the style of Rapture, um, and not to mention the crazy people that now live there. So basically, if you've not played Bioshock, you don't know what it is. So the game takes place in 1960, where a plane crash occurs in the Atlantic Ocean, and a sole survivor, a man named Jack, discovers the entrance to an underwater dystopian city called Rapture, uh, a place centred in the spread disrepair due to a civil war. 
Uh, Jack must fight for survival against mutated folk uh, who populate the city while scattered along the way by a mysterious man known as Atlas. Mm. Now, I always get confused about what actually happened at Rapture. So it's Andrew Ryan is the character who he built the city once he designed yeah. it. Yeah. So he's the leader. There's a civil war with Atlas, who because Rapture was built for so to get away from like the world governments, and wasn't it? So yeah, that's right. Because yeah. they didn't agree with yeah. like the American style or the communism side, and yes. so he wanted to create his own utopia. Yeah. Mm. Is that kind of thing? Right? Pretty much, yeah. But then it all went to pot, and then I think it was on the New Year's Eve, 1959. Uh, what year was it? New Year's Eve, one bit, wasn't it? When the civil war broke out. Mm. And even 1959, that's it. Which is like most, much of the population dead. Uh, the remaining citizens became known as, became what, splicers? Because uh, yeah. of the effects of Adam. So that's a sub- substance that could alter genetic material. So do you remember playing this for the first time? Because I, the first time I played this was on the, what's it called? It just called the Bioshock. Oh, the Bioshock. Yeah. yeah Although the... mine kept crashing. Constantly. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, dear. The first time I played this, it was on the Xbox 360, not long after it first came out. Um, mm, yeah. And I just I just really got into the, the combat side of it, as I think as we all all do. Um, like, injecting yourself um, to give yourself powers. That, that's amazing. Like, going Palpatine <laughs> with the lightning. Yeah, with the plasma. Ew, junkie. Yeah, yeah that's light, it. Light. <laughs> um setting people on fire, setting other things on fire, um, doing the hacking, that was all really cool. And then there was also... Oh, um, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm going to pull you up on that. The oh. hacking was the worst part of the whole game. Oh, I really enjoyed it. There were Fight fun me. puzzles, but, I mean... It, it was good for, like, the first three or four times. And then it oh, it did get repetitive. And it get really <laughs> tedious. Really <laughs> tedious. They had different mini, hacking mini-games, but they just kept having these pipes everywhere. Mm. It just didn't make sense. To be fair, it was actually like one of one of my uh, better kind of mini games for hacking. But I, it might be just because I like that kind of style of having to switch pipes around while like the water's coming through. I don't mm. mind it as a game. Yeah. But it's it, 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 so, it yeah. so many times you have to do it. There is so. Anyway, we're supposed to be here to celebrate it, not not, not say it was bad about yeah, it. Let's not tear it down. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> So I really like that opening sequence. Oh, I think it's it's one of the water. Yeah, I think it's mm. one of the best opening sequences in games. Easy, like from the plane crashing, having to swim into the like the lighthouse tower thing, and then going into the um, no, the pod games. that comes through. Only that. Mm. The big statue that living. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when you go in the uh, in the bathosphere. Yeah, like the it. kind of sphere pod thing. And then it goes through the rapture, but it's such a yeah, it's such a wonderful uh, opening sequence. Beautiful that when you go through the, through the water, seeing all the city, and then you see the nonsense that's happening in the city. But that's, that's yeah. And do you remember the, the uh, meeting with the first splicer? Terrifying. Yeah, when you come <laughs> out. So, you, so the, the bathosphere comes up, doesn't it? And mm. then I think there's a bloke out there, isn't there? There's some. Yeah. And then the splicer attacks you, and then jumps on, top of your, jumps on top of your bathosphere trying to get inside. And it's like, oh, you, you've got to leave the bathosphere now. Like, no, 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 I'd rather stay here, thank you. Yeah, it's not that one. Is this a horror? Because like, mm. when I first played it, I wasn't, I didn't think it was going to be a horror, but then that made me think, oh, well, this is a horror game, isn't it? I mean, it's got some, it's got, sort of, well, in. Well, I, I wouldn't, it's not a horror, sure. is it? 
for me, I wouldn't call it a horror as such. No, it's, um, it's, it's because you do have a lot more control of your environment. Um, yeah, it's just that initial moment. Was like yeah, very it's quite hard. scary. Like, what the heck is going on? It's like, do I really want to continue with this game? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Other where the wrench is your best friend. Hmm. Oh, the wrench is like the best yeah, weapon in the game, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's probably most used. Could use it to fix yeah. those problems. Battering hey. people's heads in—that's that's always fun. They just keep coming though. That's yeah. that's one thing that I really enjoyed about them. Not that they just keep coming and getting, getting smashed <laughs> in the head. I enjoy smashing. Just how in the head erratic, erratic the splicers were. Just like running mm-hmm. at you it was pretty mm-hmm. frightening actually. But because yeah, in games nowadays the enemies are normally fairly linear. You know what they're going to do. But with the splicers they could do anything, um, which gave it a bit. Bit of a different um, edge, I think. It's, I remember going to some toilets. I went to back store because there was some like something to collect in there. Mm. And then as I walked out, and a splicer burst out of a toilet. Oh, yeah. Jumped out at me. Ah! <laughs> I'm sure this isn't a horror game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still carrying on with all of them. Yeah. So I always get confused about these. So there's plasmids, Adam and Eve, weren't there? So Adam was the was that the genetic material? Yeah, slug from that sea slug. And Eve, is that what was used like ammunition for it? Something like that. I can't quite remember. Uh, I, I think if I remember, I think um, Eve was what... It was Eve what the um, the little sisters had. They used. I think, I think it was Adam, that it? Was that Adam? Yeah, because they extracted it um, yeah. from people's bodies after they died, yeah. Yeah. Try to remember oh. that. It's been so long since I touched Bioshock. <laughs> what were your thoughts when you first came across one of these? Oh, um, big, big daddy. daddy. Ooh. Um, please don't hurt me. <laughs> well, it certainly hurt that bloke, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, like just p- impaling him against a wall. It's like, oh my yeah. goodness. And then throwing him out first to the window. Yeah. Heck, no, what are you going to do to me? <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you guys ever see the first kind of almost like teaser trailer for Bioshock? Where um, it was kind of done in first person, so it was. I think it's that it's that bit early on in the where you find the first, uh, I suppose, plas- plasmid, the electric one. Mm-hmm. In that kind of trailer, you you kind of you're looking around, kind of seeing what's going on, and then suddenly uh, your chest gets burst through by the big daddy's drill, and oh, it's God. like, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to show you if I can find it, but like. Just that that scene alone was like, oh god, this is this is what the big daddy is going to be like in the game. It's like it's so horrible. Yeah, I found the big daddy's quite cute actually. What? In cute, a the relationship they've got with the little sisters, or just them just, themselves? They, just, just as things. Yeah. I just, I just they don't that. have. They don't really have a frightening design. I think more audio that comes across as them being frightening because the sounds they make. Maybe when they were angry, they weren't so nice. Well, not when they're taking you out, <laughs> out in three or four hits. They're not nice then. Mm. Yeah, the things we have to start taking them out. Mm. So yeah, the little sisters. Uh, there's actually two endings, isn't there? The yeah, depending on if you it. decide to save them or kill them. Uh, you, if you tr- decide to save them, you get quote-unquote the good ending. And if you decide to kill them, you get a bit more of a... I'm going to hazard a guess that you've got the bad ending, Nathan, because you harvested them. <laughs> True or false? He wants that power. 
<sighs> you got you got more Adam out of them if you harvest. If you kill I'm, I'm them, gonna admit, yeah. I'm going to admit I got the bad as well. Oh, you terrible but, people! Was I the one save them? But I only harvested two of them. You really needed to harvest end. two for the bad ending. I think ending. you only need to harvest one to get the bad ending. I think I think you were so allowed to murder one. I think, of them. Yeah, I think no, I think you were allowed to do the first one. Mm-hmm. The first one. If you save all the others. In yeah. the good ending, don't they all like come together and get married or something? Yeah, sort. Don't about marriage. So, save. I think they're rescued. It implies that they went on to have lives, like yeah, normal lives then, outside of Rapture. Yeah. I think there's one where it's, it's supposed to be like you or your death. It only shows their hands for all these sequences. Yeah. So one of them's like, I think it's supposed to be you on your deathbed. And like all these hands are holding your hand on your deathbed, which I imagine are all the little sisters coming back to be grateful to you. I guess. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Who was the the mob guy that you have to take out? I can't, can never remember his name near the, oh, near the end. Yeah, because that he's... was Alice, wasn't it? Or, um, the guy that's absolutely hopped up and like really muscular. Um, yeah, that's the one who turns out to be Atlas because it's. Um, well, he starts off with the game being known as. Was it like John or something? Can't remember. Yeah, he, he has like a false name because when you're in the sphere pod, he comes through the radio initially, and that's where the uh, I suppose the the infamous saying starts coming from. Of, well, no, Would you kindly well, no, leave? No, it's called Atlas there. That's it's called Atlas there. But then his real name is Frank Fontaine. Frank Fontaine. Oh, okay. And I thought it was Civil War. Yeah. So he's the guy who was a Civil War against. Who was, yeah, against he was the one who raised the Civil War because he didn't agree with Ryan for some reason. Anyway, the character that you play as has like loads of experiments done on him. And I think he he became like a fully grown human in about two years um, because of everything <laughs> yeah, that's been done. Like that, yeah. yeah. And um, it, it was all... Uh, orchestrated so that eventually you would come back to Rapture at some stage. And um, every time anybody says, would you kindly, basically you you do whatever that person says. And, well, that's the premise. This is one of the one of the best twists in gaming, isn't it? I think it's probably mm. one of the worst. At the very end, it's, my stomach turned when, when it was happening. Because remember, you go through the vent, don't you? And you mm-hmm. drop down into the room where it's got would you kind of scroll on the wall? Mm. And it's like got a, like a board with all pictures on it and all that. I think that's supposed to be Andrew Ryan's. He's worked out that this this is happening to you. But did you pick up the um, the audio files in there? Because there's one audio file where this doctor, this mad scientist, is saying to a small boy, oh, that's a very nice puppy, isn't it? Break its neck. Oh, I think I might pick that one up. Yeah. Boy's oh, crying. No. I says, would you kindly? Break that puppy's neck, and they just say that. Twists. That's supposed to be uh, Jack, I presume. I think one of the more memorable, uh, memorable, um, I suppose, the boss fights there was in the game um, was the one with the. Um, was it? Was it a dentist? Is it a dentist or a doctor or something? There's some guy in like the medical. Yeah. Like. So like when you come across to him once you start, I think you approach him. Um, it just suddenly goes black, like the whole room goes black. And I thought that one of those moments which like absolutely scared me because I was like, I, I don't know what's, what's about to happen. <laughs> it's such a... I think, I think there's a bit where, like, in that section, I think there's a bit where you go to a table with a plasmid on it. Mm. Uh, it's like in the corner of the room. So you just walk up to it, you pick up the plasmid. And you turn no, around, I think that's the, it, books, yeah. the books are stood there. <laughs> like, like, funny. 
Yeah, I think that's what we're talking about. I think you pick it up and then it goes black, doesn't it? Like that. Um, yeah, I think there's like steam that comes out of there. Yeah, he's just he's just like right in front of your face. Yeah, and then the moment with uh, Andrew Ryan when you when you finally catch up to him and you get and you get the reveal of like what mm. would you kindly is about and then oh, the the scene where you just kind of brutally hammering him with the golf club working on your golf game yeah that's it it's really stomach churning really (laughs) it really put me off i was like oh god this is why am i doing this (laughs) Mm. yeah it felt you weren't in control that's the last thing well that was it because he was telling you would you kindly bash me in with the the golf (laughs) yeah but yeah it's a wonderful uh wonderful scary game to go through um but I kind of liked the, um, you know, the machines that they had talking about, because they always seem to be more uplifting. It's just like mm. you had all this darkness and oh, where you got like machines. like the upgrades and whatnot. Oh, the vending machines and stuff—they were the coolest yeah. vending machines in video games. I think the stuff they could get out were fantastic. Welcome to the circus of value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's gonna play out from my head now. I'm not gonna get rid of that. What did everyone think of? Um, Getting into like the big daddy costume near the end of the game. So you can't really see it in the first person view. That's 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 the problem. Yeah, mm. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was interesting. Uh, yeah, it's something that they did expand on in the second game quite a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I I really didn't like the second game. I'll be honest. Did you not? Quite. Uh, I thought the story was fine. I thought the story of the the big sister was interesting. Um. I just, I felt that the game was too broken up about kind of being, it was almost kind of in a better way of explaining it, very kind of Doom-esque, where it's kind of like, wave of enemies, explore a bit, another wave of enemies, explore a bit, and it it, it like, it, it didn't feel as, as varied to me as what the original Bioshock did, like, mm. Rapture just didn't, didn't feel as kind of nice to visit a second time around, strangely enough, I don't know. The multiplayer, I just thought it was quite underrated um, that they added to. But yeah, I, I don't know. It it definitely felt like the weakest Bioshock to me compared to like the original Infinite. But Infinite's a whole different story. So <laughs> I would have loved to have played a game in Rapture where everything it was in its heyday. I mean, I know you, it briefly happens in um, one Buried of the at Sea. Yeah. yeah, Buried at Sea DLC. I would have happily lived in Rapture back in those days. <laughs> yeah. Back in 50s or whenever, it uh, would have been good. So, the plane that you're on, it crashes at coordinates north 63 degrees, 0.2 minutes, and west 29 degrees, 55 minutes. Do you know where in the real world that puts Rapture? Is it the Bermuda Triangle? No. I would have guessed the Bermuda Triangle. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, Somewhere near Britain. Uh, It puts it somewhere between Iceland and Greenland. Oh, right. And if you look at it on a map, it's actually quite a relatively small area. Mm. Interesting. It's a very odd place to decide to put it. It's a, it's a fair distance you'd, from you'd, America, isn't it? Well, you'd think they would have done it in like some warmer oceans. Yeah, because it must be freezing. Because I imagine it must have been hard work going down there, building a, um, a big, massive city in the cold. I, I wonder how how far deep the, the sea actually was. Like, Did they ever mention like how how far down it was? I don't recall. I don't think there were anything as such. No, I don't think they mentioned it. But it would have been nice to find out where it was. Interesting, though, because I thought it would have been somewhere like the Bermuda Triangle or somewhere like on the outskirts of America. Yeah. But, yeah, good to know. 
What, what was uh, what was everyone's favourite plasmid to use? The lightning. Yeah, I think it's pretty the much the one I used exclusively. Well, the flames are pretty good. Mm. Yeah, I I liked the um, I liked the ice one. Weirdly, it was it was pretty good against splices. Oh yeah, just freezing them and then just shot. Yeah, just wait, wrench, just whack them in the face. <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I can't remember if it's the first game, but I remember there was one that you've got to go through like some ice parts of the game. Is it contained fisheries or something like that? Where there's a load of like frozen places. And I remember you, you obviously you walk through these doors and they just slide open them. And and there's a bloke just frozen at the other side of the door. It's like that. I don't know if you, if you came across it. It might be one of the DLCs. I'm not sure. It's scared of crap out of me. Like, oh my god, he's, he's just frozen like that, staring straight at me in the doorway. Because I just smacked him in over head wrench. <laughs> like a cutting yeah. reaction. You're not like, cutting uh, <laughs> What do you think to the final boss? Um, I wasn't really a fan of it. It was difficult, but I, to, I think it was the weakest thing about Bioshock. Yeah. Because you had to go up and extract Adam from him, didn't you? Well, yeah, yeah you, like, you wore him down, then you just extract Adam, and then I think you... Do you power up from it, or do you not? I don't think you do, do you? I think it's just... I think you just extract him. Yeah. But I like the end of that fight, when all the little sisters come in and just start stabbing. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Get him, my pretties! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a funny bit. Well, as funny as Rapture can get. <laughs> I do think it was uh, it was wonderfully put together. I think, I think the game is paced really well, and being able to collect all the audio logs to... Mm. Really learn the history of Rapture and what gone. It was, it was it was a really good way of telling that story. Cause I'm I'm not sure if I'm I'm sure other games might have done it previous, but I, I felt like Bioshock is one of the examples of doing audio logs really well. Because I I always seem to find that like a lot of games when you collect audio logs, you have to play them out of a menu and, and you can't listen mm. to them while you're playing the game, mm. which is really annoying. It's like because I think. I think something like Melga Sword 5 does it, which is quite annoying. Um, but that game's menu heavy. But Bioshock, I, th- I think, uh, I, I might remember this wrong, but I think there's one instance where you pick up an audio log and then as it gets towards its end, something happens in-game that almost kind of like matches it sort of thing to like scare you as you're listening to this audio log. Hmm. Um, I think I handled it really well. Um, unfortunately, I didn't collect all of them in the game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> need to need to go back through because I think the uh, it was a lot. Yeah, it's about some like sixty to eight to eight of them, and there's some way you have to get certain you have to like backtrack to get to them as well. It, it that's one thing as well. I think Bioshock as well is backtracking. I think because certain areas change the longer you get on. Um, I know there's one area that gets blocked because like the elevator ends up getting flooded or something, so you can't go back, which is kind of cool. It reminds me a little bit actually of. Batman Arkham Asylum in that kind of style. That does backtracking quite well as well. But that's something we could talk about. Actually, yes, we've got kind of similar feeling to Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just thought about that. It just popped in. I was like, it's, it's got a similar... Like the corridors, kind of, are oh, reminiscent, now that I think about it. Mm. The sort of things in disrespect, etc. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite uncanny, actually, think about it. <laughs> yeah. It's a strange one. I've never made that link before. Try and remember like how many characters were in as well. Like there was the there's that artist guy that was quite. Oh yeah, the guy with the photographs. Yeah, and the, the all the splices stuff. have got the like the bunny masks. I think for him, I think, or maybe all of them have. I think all of them got bunny masks. <laughs> My bunny. Yeah, no, he was quite an interesting character. It was probably one of the more 
intriguing ones to battle against. Because I guess he's on DLC in um, Bioshock 2, I think. Is it? Something like Sa- is it Summit Con? Yeah, Summit Con. Yeah, you are. It's quite similar to Sasha Barakow almost. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him. I'm not quite sure I said. No, but his, na- his name is similar. It's, it's Summit S. S something Con, I think. Steve. Steve. Steve Cohen. <laughs> Apparently, Jack was only born four years ago before getting to Rapture, which was insane. The splices were absolute idiots trying to beat up a four year old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, is that three endings? Is there? I thought there were only two. Okay, so uh, apparently, if uh, if you rescue all the little sisters, which I did because I'm a good guy, uh, it shows the five little sisters return to service with Jack and leaving full lives under his care, including, including graduation, getting married, and having children. So that's the one where there is like deathbed. Yeah. If you harvest all of the little sisters, the game ends with Jack turning on the sisters after defeating Fontaine, presumably killing them all and taking their Adam. Uh, right. Tenenbaum uh, Tenen narrates what occurred, condemning Jack and his actions, voice effect of anger and contempt. Uh, later in the second ending, a ballistic missile submarine carrying a nuclear missile comes across the wreckage of the players, suddenly surrounded by bath spheres containing splices. Spices kill all hands on the sub to take control of it. I like to see a splicer drive a sub. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with those hookers. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the player saved some of the little sisters but killed a fair this few would be the, well, This would be the one that I got. Mm. The ending is visually identical to the second one, although the tone of Tenenbaum's voice is a sad one as opposed to an angry one. So there we have it. That's Bioshock into the video game Hall of Fame. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release Bioworkly on Tuesdays, which can be visit our website at jokingdolphin.com, where we post blogs on the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter, Joking Dolphin. We're also on YouTube, where we post this very podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See ya. Splice it up. it up yeah just nah, i would have gone with spice up your life spice up your life <laughs> <laughs> right start recording again <laughs> <laughs> no